Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. You've all had a good week. It's been a week full of opportunity challenge and challenging questions for me. And again, this week, I had the distinct honor because of the Breakfast with Champions group 
of getting to handle a few follow-up questions to last week's segment. If you weren't here last week or if you just need the refresher, um, you'll remember we talked about how to make big change. And I gave you five things to bring to the big changes in your life. And man, did it get you talking. A lot of you sent messages. I sincerely appreciate the notes and the messages I received since the last segment from so many of you about the changes you're walking through and the changes you want to embrace in your life and how those five points might have helped you. Um, yes, you're welcome to email me. I do have those notes and I can send you those notes, no problem. Um, if I didn't respond to your email, it's probably because your email or note simply says something like, thank you, Brad. And I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I usually do like the praying hands emoji. I don't know. It's probably not the coolest thing I do. I'm okay with that. But I sincerely appreciate all of those communications. And I want to especially thank three people, um, Jana, Allison, and Morgan. I do not know those women. Um, up until last Saturday, I had never talked to any of them. They all messaged me within an hour or two after the show last week to ask essentially the same question. You asked me what you should do about changing careers. Should you change your career? How do you know when it's time to change your career? Have I ever changed my career? Lots of career change questions. So it got a lot more specific than the broad discussion that we had last week. So today's segment is dedicated to you three women, you members of Breakfast with Champions, you people who sit at our breakfast table and were listening live on Clubhouse last week. I wanna honor your questions and try to answer them a little more clearly this morning. So here are five things to do before changing your career. Number one, assess the right things. Is it the career or is it you? This is an awkward question to ask right here at the start. But for a lot of us, we're asking the wrong questions as we look to potential futures and prospective goals about careers we wish we had. We're looking to change careers or change relationships or make major life decisions. And many of us are looking at making those major changes without taking self-assessment seriously at all. We're ready to change our career because we don't like our job, but we haven't assessed ourselves. If you're struggling with apathy or complacency at your job, is it because your work is unfulfilling or are you struggling with something else? And it just manifests at work. Are you missing a career with purpose and impact because your job doesn't offer that or because you're simply not reaching for it? Just a few moments ago, I mentioned uh, to Mr. Blanchard that I first found him in 2010, 11, when someone at Chick-fil-A, my boss at Chick-fil-A, gave me One Minute Manager. You can say that working in the fast food industry in the quick service restaurant world is limited. But nobody at Chick-fil-A says that. Nobody. Nobody. Because the mindset's a little different because the question is always asked, are you trying to reach your greatest potential right here at this store in the career you currently have. And for a lot of us, we don't ask that question. We're not asking the question, are we trying for more? We simply assume it's not there. 
Is that what's happening to you? Do you dread your job? Do you know why you dread it? The moment you begin to daydream about being somewhere else, I would encourage you to ground yourself. Determine if the issue is the places you're standing in or more of an issue of the person standing in all of the places. You. Is the issue you? Why do you dread work? What's missing? How are you feeling? And what makes those feelings grow or dissipate? Are your frustrations and angst entirely work-related? If the issue is you, Again, that is not the point of today's segment. So I apologize. If you're sitting here self-assessing and you're like, man, I think it might be a me problem, not a job problem. You find yourself frustrated at work, but also at home. You find yourself frustrated with relationships and your career. And frustration seems to be a common theme. That's an internal frustration. And so my encouragement to you would be very simple. One, quite selfishly, you're welcome to listen to last week's segment. Whenever it airs, you're welcome to listen to it. Or you can email me and I'll shoot you the notes. Be my honor. You can have them. Or you should talk to somebody. Now, some of the following four steps after this first one can help speak into the struggles that we have internally. But for today, I am talking to Jana and Allison and Morgan. And any of you who are trying to figure out if you need to change your careers. So number two, assess the best things. Remember, number one was assess the right thing. The right thing says from the jump, is it the career or is it you? What is the thing that needs to change? If it's you, don't change your job. And if it's the career, let's figure out why. And let's also figure out how to go about assessing properly. And that's number two, assess the best things, your joy, your jam, your skills, and your wallet. The best things in your life. What, what elevates you? What do you love? What's your jam? You ever, you ever use that phrase? I say it far too often. I'm certain it embarrasses my children, but that's my jam. I love doing that. There's parts of my job that are my absolute favorite. They light my fire that I'm get excited. I had a meeting on Friday where I was surprised because the notes for the meeting sounded very boring to me. And I did not want my last meeting of the week to be boring, but sometimes that's the way the calendar works. And I'm the CEO, so I got to have boring meetings sometime. And so I'm going to have a boring meeting. And about 10 minutes into the meeting, I realized I was wrong. And this meeting was electric. This meeting was in my wheelhouse. The woman on the other end of the Zoom call asked a question and the whole meeting changed. She touched into what thrills me about my job. It connects to my skills. So it elicits my joy. So now that you know, if you've moved on from assessment one, you're on assessment two now, and you know it's your career. It's not just you being grumpy or some non-professional thing skewing your dissatisfaction. Now what? Now lean into you, your joy. What makes you happy? Is it a job? Is it a part of a job? 
Is it something within your current job? And if you don't know the answers, you go find them. And what about your abilities? Is there a job better suited for your skill set, your education, your background, your personality? What about your interests? Would you love your job in retail more if you were simply selling something you believed in or loved? Or are you just bad at sales? See, sometimes we switch careers when we really need to change jobs because we aren't assessing. We don't assess ourselves, and we don't assess our work. Would you love being an accountant or a lawyer or a nurse a little bit more if the environment was different? Because that's a job change, not a career change. And the difference is profound. More than anything, if you're going to move, move into want more than you move into need. If you are changing your careers, change because of want not because of need. If you're moving from a job you simply have to have into another job that you have to have, your frustrations are simply going to transfer like your payroll auto draft. You're getting paid, it just is from a new company. The frustrations will carry over too. To move from have to to have to isn't really a change. So if there's one more best thing to assess, I touched on it lightly. It would be your finances. Broke folks don't need to career hop. That's just economically irresponsible. I feel like we talk about these challenging economic times all the time. When has it not been a challenging economic time? If you're broke, it's challenging. I've been broke. Those were challenging economic times. So if you know your accounts cannot maintain a career change, do not make one. Simple. Simple. Because when you are broke, it is very hard to lead with anything other than your finances. So if you can assess your wallet and recognize that my wallet says I need stability and you're going to make whole total life change with going with a brand new career and a brand new industry, changing everything up, heaveling, but calling it up leveling, because we do that a lot. Recognize that broke people don't make career changes, they make financial decisions. Right? You've been there, I've been there, when you applied for the job because it was more an hour when you applied for the job because it was for the same pay, but better benefits. Or the stress of taking the job that was less pay or less benefits because you were trying to navigate being broke and having passions. We could go for a while on how to prepare for a career change six, seven, eight months out. but that's more for people like TM to jump in on. Really smart financial coaches and advisors who can come in and say, here we are at the end of July, it's almost August. Here are eight things you must do now so that you can change your career in February. Because if finances are something keeping you from that, you need to assess that properly and then move accordingly.
for the person today that just knows they need to move on to another career, try as hard as you can to move to the right career track and not just the one that's available next. And as you move, move responsibly. Assess the best things, your joy, your jam, your skills, and your wallet. So now that brings us to number three, five things to do before changing your career. One, assess the right thing. Is it the career? Is it you? Number two, assess the best things, your joy, your jam, your skills, and your wallet. And number three, research industries and markets. I'm going to get on a slight soapbox here in a second. So if you don't like my soapboxes, turn the volume down. And if you think it's probably going to be a little bit funny and a little bit true, turn the volume up. Research industries and markets is kind of the look before you leap discussion. Stop recreating the wheel here. The job of your dreams likely already exists. You simply haven't done the research. One of my clients at Spark, our, our marketing agency in Wilmington, one of my clients here is on the other side of the country and they're a professional hiring firm. So they put terrific people in high power jobs, executive level stuff. They do great work, but one of their biggest digital marketing hurdles. So what makes their website so frustrating is connecting the available jobs with the wacko things that we all type into search engines when we're looking for new careers. And the reason we type in wacko things is because we think we've created an industry that didn't exist. So we Google it just to see if we were right. We start adding in words that have very loose or barely lucid definitions. You're talking to a guy in marketing. If ever there was an industry where we have absconded with what the word actually means, and now we just call everything marketing, it drives me crazy because it's got a real definition. It really does. There's a central definition to marketing. There's a central definition to branding. There's a central definition to coaching. There's definitions to everything. But we like to play with it enough to kind of create something nuanced for ourselves. But more often than not, that nuanced thing already existed. We just wanted to call it something else. We don't know what our dream jobs are called, so we either get frustrated looking and we stop or we assume that our frustration is an indication that we've been called to entrepreneurship. Let me tell you, friends, entrepreneurship is a job unto itself, regardless of your field or industry. And if you think simply because you can't find the career you're passionate about in a Google search, maybe change the way you search before you decide to be an entrepreneur. Because let me tell you a secret of almost every entrepreneur I know, myself included. Entrepreneurs are not people who hated their jobs. I did not hate my last job. Mm -mm, not for a second. Loved it. Learned so much. My gosh, it was great. Had great clients, fun clients. And all our clients were relatively close, so I could just go see them. And I'm an extrovert, so being able to go to that grocery store chain and meet with the owner of the grocery store chain was delightful. Going to that manufacturing 
company that does really cool things with synthetic materials and plastics. I would go in there just to see what they were building. We didn't even have a marketing discussion. I just like being around them. But we can talk about social media and websites and all that stuff if y'all want to as well. I loved that part of that job. I loved just about every part of that job. I did not become an entrepreneur because I hated my job. We aren't people looking to create the trendiest careers and industries that no one's ever heard of before. Most of us, whether we make a product or execute a service or have developed a brand or business entirely around a cause, a mission, are just people who noticed a problem, devised a solution, and couldn't find a place that could use our solution. So we made the place. That's me. That's the kind of entrepreneur I am. The serial entrepreneur who can build a business and sell a business, I don't, I don't know how to do that. That exists. Also a very valid definition of entrepreneurship. Not me though. Spark exists because I saw a hole in traditional marketing. I thought it was hurting businesses and limiting their ROI. Their return on investment was mitigated because we had some very tired, lazy marketing practices. I developed all by myself a use case scenario. If you don't know the difference between a use case scenario and a case study, a use case scenario is theoretical. A case study is literal, it happened. So I developed a use case scenario of a theoretical client that the company I was working at could have. I showed my boss. At that time, he let me try it. He did with a real client who was paying us real money. And then it worked. And then he sat me down after a couple weeks of celebrating to let me know that that's just not what that marketing agency really did. He wasn't mad. He wasn't off put by my work. He wasn't insulted or intimidated. It's just not what we did. And I said, who does it? And I don't know. So I started my own. Now that's just my story, but I know a lot of people whose stories are very similar. They saw a problem, created a solution, and couldn't find a place to fit the solution. So they made their own place. For you today, the person thinking of making a career change, if you aren't solving a new problem or bringing a new solution to an old problem, your career likely already exists. It has a name, a foundation. So you need to do some research. Find that career, find that company, find that leader that's waiting to meet you. Network, ask friends and family, and if you've exhausted those, there's a whole industry called career counseling. You can find one of those too. And if you find some traction in a field or industry, keep digging. Look at jobs, titles, careers, hiring opportunities, and then number four. Talk to someone there. I just did there in air quotes. It's kind of lost on Clubhouse, don't you think? But I did it. Talk to someone who is there. You've done the legwork. You've assessed yourself and your current career. You've assessed your joys, jams, skills, and your wallet. You've assessed industry and markets. 
and you found somebody, you found someplace. You got on Clubhouse and heard somebody talk. And now you want to see what it's like over there. Jana mentioned her a couple times already. One of our BWC listeners responsible for this segment today asked me some of the most direct questions. Brad, I want to be where you are. How do I get there? Fair enough. There's not really like a direct answer to that question. So I asked another question. Where is it that you think I am right now? Where do you think there is? Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. She mentioned being at peace. It's like, Jen, I'm not at peace. She mentioned being comfortable. I find comfort to be kind of annoying. She said, I seem settled. But this week I've invested in a tech startup. I joined the board of a software development company. I sat in on a design meeting for another company I own. I pitched work for an industry I know nothing about. I haven't been settled down comfortable and on some Zen-like piece a day in my adult life. She's heard this segment, which is prepared and planned. And she's seen my Instagram, which is slightly less prepared and planned. The there that, ja- that Jana wanted in my life was a bit of a myth that she had created. My Instagram photos never show screaming kids, marital disagreements, conflicts in my company, or moments of doubt in my own work. But what Jana got by asking me directly was a bunch of honesty. Branding is a terrific career. I love my job, but it's got a lot of inherent challenges. The biggest challenge is that most people think they know what branding is and most people are wrong. And that's a massive hurdle to overcome. But she and I talked through multiple facets of my career, how I got here, what excites me about the work. What do I find taxing and arduous? She got an answer to every single question she had because she asked, she asked, she found me, asked me and hung around for the answers. She found me, she asked me and hung around for the answers. I will be honest. I have not been um, a CEO or a speaker on a national stage long enough to think that's normal just yet. I'm still learning, adjusting a little bit to that slowly, I think, but adjusting nevertheless. So I think it's weird when someone says, Brad, you're where I want to be. That can't possibly be true. So I had as many questions for her as she had for me. She had great questions because she had assessed. She knew that her current dissatisfaction in her career was not because 
she was sad about something else in life. She could clearly articulate something that felt more like a calling to her than a frustration for her. She knew that her skill set was not being optimized in her current career. She articulated that. She had been saving for the opportunity to move on to what's best next. And she wanted to find a career that kind of coagulated her joy and her ability. She had looked at 20, I think she said, I'd have to go back and look, but I think she said 20, 20 agencies. <laughs> she had looked at 20 agencies week before last, had done a ton of research. And then at some point, logged on to Clubhouse on a Saturday morning last week and heard the 21st agency. Me. She heard me talk about Spark and me talk about change. And she was like, well, that's just providential. So I'm going to shoot that guy a message on Instagram because he said he responds. And while I don't always feel super qualified to respond, I am somewhere where she thinks she should be and could be. And I think she's right on both accounts. She could definitely be the CEO in the room and she probably should be. Soon, I think. But she got all the answers to her questions because she did the assessments, she did the research, and then she asked the questions. And what I want to tell you more than anything today is that if you're thinking about making a massive change in your life, and then I just talked about all the work, this one woman I didn't even know until seven days ago, all the work she had to tell me she'd done just to get to the place to ask me some questions. If you think that sounds like too much work, you should probably stay at your job. Because new careers are hard, even when they're great. Moving up the corporate ladder is hard, even though it's fun. And if you are moving in a direction that is unassessed and unresearched and uninvestigated, you're not going to really know you're right until you've not been wrong long enough to be comfortable. And I have no idea how long that takes. I knew Spark needed to exist, gosh, a year before I started it. A year. And it almost didn't start even then. We had saved, we had planned, we knew. But right around the time Spark was going to start, we found out we were pregnant with our third child. And I, being super honest with you guys, I told my wife that was a sign that Spark shouldn't exist because we can't afford for me to quit my job and have a company that has no money and no clients in a city we've lived in for three months.
And my wife said, there's no way I want to, I want to live with the guy who's been trying to build spark for a year and keeps coming up with unassessed, unresearched, uninvestigated issues that aren't real. Because for a lot of us, when it comes time to make those big changes, it's almost more painful not to. And again, that's my story. That's where I got. But I had someone in my ear saying, okay, having a third kid is not a reason not to start your company. Let's go. So Spark is three months older than Benjamin. Once we got everything going and I started cold calling people about marketing and branding. Benjamin was three months old before I even got my first client. Six months of nothing. If you're thinking about changing careers, you're thinking about doing a hard thing. So that brings me to number five. The fifth thing to do before changing your career. Go in peace. Go in peace. It's okay to change careers. It's okay to have one career that affords you the ability to extend to other passions and affections. It's okay to be at a job that's just okay. I know it's not the coolest admission to make, but I think it's easy to ignore sometimes. So allow me to remind you all of who it is that you're listening to right now. The guy you've emailed and DM'd and texted and back chatted. You've asked my company to bid on a project for your company or consult with you. This guy, Brad, is in his third career. And marketing is not the career you get to after you successfully mastered ministry and restaurant management. That is not what I did. I left ministry. I didn't get promoted out of it. I left it. I left ministry out of what was for me and is still today an unavoidable and total frustration. Almost with the whole thing. Like it got so hard for me that it almost got theological more than it got practical. I held on to that career probably four years too long. Because I believe that you can't be 30 and start over. And then I tripped and fell into restaurant management. And that was not a really clever plan. We went home. And a man I've known most of my life happened to be starting a restaurant. And if you are listening to this right now and you're in restaurant management, my goodness, the hours you work and the stress that you're under. And if you're one of those rare, crazy people that love that environment, you're somewhere between a crazy person and a superhero. Restaurants is one of the hardest industries I have ever experienced. Now on the branding and marketing side, I still think that. 
And after five, six, seven years in the restaurant management side, including all the years at Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, which everyone thinks is just so wonderful. And it is. I didn't get mad at Chick-fil-A. I didn't leave Chick-fil-A because it did me wrong. I left restaurant management because I was exhausted and I missed my family. Toward the end of my restaurant career, I was in a car accident and had to have a brain surgery that nearly debilitated me for the majority of 2014. My third brain surgery. 2014, I was 34. 35. And once again, when you're 34, 35, you don't change careers. So I, so I, so I held on as long as I could till I couldn't hold on anymore. Quite literally, I couldn't carry the boxes. I wasn't strong enough. And so we, on a whim, we moved all the way across the country and I stumbled into marketing. This is not an overstatement of how I got into marketing. A man I didn't know heard me talk on a Facebook Live about doing nonprofit work in Houston, Texas, when Hurricane Harvey hit that city. I had friends there and I went to help. That, that's the whole story of how I ended up in marketing. And in a not so roundabout way, we just ran through 12, 13 years of my life. And it got me right here to all of you. So if your path is jagged or broken or irregular, if you are 24 or 64, if this is your plan or you chucked your plan out the window years ago, it's okay. You're doing okay. And the guy you're listening to survived a couple bads, held on through a string of okays, and eventually got to the good that gave me a chance to talk to you. And looking back at all of it, I just wish I had someone to tell me I was doing okay. Someone who was there. I wish I'd had the presence of mind to see a there out there. To connect it in some loose way with the goals I had for my life or my family or my future or my plans or whatever wherever it is that you are right now. I just wish someone would have said, hey, from over here, where it is you think it's better, it might not be better, but I can see where you're standing and you need to know it's okay. So if that's you and you think I'm there, it's okay. It's okay to make the change. It's okay not to. It's okay to do a little bit more research, assess a little bit longer, and it's okay to pull the trigger and go for it. And if you pull the trigger and go for it and you were wrong, it's okay. It's okay. If you notice, I say restaurant management and I include Chick-fil-A. That job that saved me when I left ministry lasted nine months. Nine months. We barely got settled back in my hometown before I had a new job. So here's the bottom line. 
I do love what I do. I also love what I did. And those careers made me just like relationships from my past mistakes and failures I had to overcome and letdowns that seemed insurmountable. Careers can be a place to stay for decades or a stepping stone to what's best next. And that's why we've had the five things to do before changing your career today. Because you don't know which one of those things will be insurmountable next or a clear stepping stone to next. You just, you don't know. Now I'll, I'll tell you guys, when, when Jana said, Brad, you seem so settled. And I said, do you have any idea what I'm doing this week? I'm investing over here and I'm on a board for this thing. I barely understand over here. And I got to make a pitch to a company in an industry that I know nothing about. And I've got to make a pitch clear enough. They think I'm willing to do the work to understand everything about their industry so that we can elevate their brand and use marketing to make them more money. And I got about 48 hours this week to do it. I am not settled, but I know that the investors called and the board called and the industry that knows I have no track record in their industry called and Jana called because some people think I'm there, but what you really see is that I'm having a blast. I'm having a ball in this place. I don't like mornings. I am not at my house this morning. I am not in my office talking to you all. I am in a room of a house that is not set up for this show the way I like it to be set up. I am having to sneak through the house so as not to wake up small children, especially my own. That's because I love this stuff. Because somehow in the convoluted steps that I've made forward, backward, sideways that didn't feel like they were an advancement, things that have frustrated me as I've tried to move careers or had careers move on me has got me here, earning the right to be heard by you. And you can do this too. You can get here faster than you think. You truly can. And I really do believe that if you want to get wherever your there is, right now from where you sit or the cubicle you will sit at on Monday or the desk you will sit behind on Monday or that car you've got to hop into to get on the road again on Monday or the calls you have to make again on Monday or the emails you got to read again on Monday for those tasks that seem so frustrating and so big, the first thing you need to do is assess the right thing. Is it you or is it the job? The second thing you need to do is assess the best things, your joy, your jam, your skills, and your wallet. The third thing you need to do is research industries and markets. Find out what's out there before you recreate the wheel.
The fourth thing you need to do is talk to someone who is there. We might not think we're there, but if you do, that's all that matters. Find us and ask your questions. I hope everybody you ask loves answering those questions like I do. And then lastly, however it is that you go, wherever it is that you go, whatever is the next best move for you to make, or if the next move you make is wrong, go in peace. It's okay to be okay. I hope this has helped you guys today. We've got about 17 minutes left in the show. As you know, I really enjoy just opening up the mics to all of you and letting us talk back and forth. And of course, live right here, you're welcome to put me on the spot and ask me anything you like. So go ahead, guys. I'll be listening. Hey, Brad, this is Renee. And I just want to say we truly appreciate your segment every week. You are really like the finest that I can say in a person because not only are you living as an unforgettable and iconic person, but you are living in your gifts and you have truly mastered the art of gratitude. You know, um, I really appreciate yes, just a segment and, you know, how you have truly um, helped others. And I appreciate your voice. Many don't understand. It's not about an event or what we do just for one time to define us, but it's about our works of consistency every day, you know, being able to have that strong message. And it's an honor to say, not only have I met you, my daughter even stood I'd eye with you as well. And just thank you for everything that you do here with us with the Breakfast for Champions. Thank you, Brad. Uh, Renee, I appreciate you, sis. Um, the only thing she said in there that was blatantly untrue is that her daughter is at least four inches taller than I am. We did we did not stand eye to eye. That's, that's just not accurate unless I was on like some stairs or a stage and her daughter was on the floor. Um, yeah, uh, Renee, I, I appreciate you, sis. I think... One of the most informative, it's a book. I think it's like about youth ministry or something, um, but it's the title of the book that has always pressed me. And I think there are people on the stage right now, Dora and Monica, TM, David, oh, I see Grant, Scott Simons was in here a moment ago. One of the things that is the most impressive about the most impressive people is their capacity to take a long walk in the same direction to recognize that you're on the right path and to just keep going. Cause some days it sucks. Some days it rains and you forgot your umbrella, but you're going to keep walking. And, and Renee, I think you're bearing the fruit of your capacity to keep walking, holding your passions up when your job didn't match your passions. Dora Maria, I think you're stepping into a lot of that sis. TM, we just talked this past week on your show and man, I think you are are walking that forward for yourself as what you are naturally good at has allowed you to open doors of giftedness about yourself that you didn't even know. And it's that long walk in the same direction. It's hard, especially when it's you know, water, water everywhere and not a drop to drink. It's tough to walk it out. It's tough not to make change. But for those of us who have figured out our passions, the capacity to just keep walking is what's made some of you mistake us for the heroic when really we're just the determined. 
So I appreciate you, Renee. Thank you. Because I think you're definitely one of those people. All right, guys, what else we got? We got 14 minutes left. Jump in. Hey, Brad, it's hey. I just wanted to say thank you for this segment today. I'm mad today. I'm like cranky. I'm mad. I'm sad. <laughs> I have COVID. And that's it is affecting my mood, honestly. Like, I heard this was a thing, and it is. So I am frustrated that I have to go do something today that I don't want to do because it's a financial obligation. Mm. It makes me want to quit and it makes me want to just, you know, get under the covers and make change that maybe I don't need to make or react, you know, in a, in an outlandish way. And I, I had to pause. You, you gave me pause today. I'm regrouping. I'm going to walk the long walk. And, you know, I just really needed some of that this morning. So thank you. Yeah, well, and just a reminder, because I do know you a little bit, Mary Lynn, um, it's not a challenge for you to do something you've never done. It's a reminder that you have the capacity for it and to just go do it again, because that's what's needed today. Some days it's a joy. Some days it's rollerblading and everything's downhill and you're just having a good old time and the breeze is blowing in your face. And some days, it's snowing outside, you're in shorts and flip-flops and it's uphill both ways. And that sucks, but sometimes it's along the path. So uh, here's to the um, fun, COVID-free, uh, slight downhill that's coming after you get this next thing knocked out, friend. I'm excited for you. Um, all right, I heard somebody else on mic. Hey, that was me. Hey, Brad, this is Shantae, how are you? I am well, Shantae, how are you? I am doing great, I wanted to say when you were reading off the things that the lady said, I was just like, yeah, like, what is he talking about? I was like, I got a little bit of pushback because of the sense of, I think we all define peace or serenity and comfort in a different way. Like you walk in a, a sense of confidence is that you're comfortable in your skin. And for me, that's peace. For me, that's a sense of comfort. So I just, you know, wondered if the way the person defined those things was slightly different for you because i think a lot of people don't show up in who they are they don't go after it the way that they are so i don't see like that zen somebody with flip-flops sitting on the beach in california is that comfort you know thing i see it as someone doing all the things that you did you know this week that you mentioned and over this past month so i was just curious as to what that conversation was like about that topic with that person thanks yeah yeah um and uh, Jana was, has been on this call this morning. Um, I don't know if she's still in here, but sis, you're welcome to come up if you'd like. Um, you can take some questions too. Uh, that might not be your jam just yet, but you're welcome to do it. Um, I think, um, I think we have, uh, this is a generalization, Shantae, but I think we have become enamored with things like contentment um and and the comfortable like i man if we can be really raw and honest okay i'm not a huge fan of me i don't like the way my voice sounds i don't like what i do with s's when there's an s in a word it bothers me like i try to write less s's think think of trying to write and not use the letter s Anyway, um, I'm not a huge fan of me. So the, 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 con, the concepts and constructs around contentment are pretty foreign to me because I speak for a living and don't like the way I talk. 
I love being front and center with my friends, but I don't like being front and center in the boardroom. I want to be the guy who passes you the note. That's the brilliant thing. And then you tell everybody about it. Now, I, that's much better for me. But in my professional world, that note doesn't get passed along very well. So someone's got to just speak up. And I do think you're right that I am confident, especially in my industry um, and my relationships. Those are like the two areas that I do feel like I do walk pretty confidently in. My wife, my kids, my mom, my dad, my friends, and what I do for a living. And the companies that I choose to be a part of, I vet those pretty well. I, I am confident there. And when it comes time for confidence and contentment to butt heads, contentment always loses because I'm rarely ever there. It's, it's, and I don't, and it's not a beach for me. Contentment is, I don't know. It's, it's going to someone's house and the furniture looks too nice to sit on. So you awkwardly stand in the middle of the room. That's what contentment is for me. I'm sure it's wonderful for other people. I just, I, it's foreign. So, um, the, so you're right in that for, for Jana and for anyone else, maybe contentment means something different. Um, than what it means to me. And I don't think that's wrong. I just, it, it could be very different. But I mean, the minute she said it, I had to like text her that I laughed out loud because we were having a Instagram conversation. And because um, I wanted to make sure I got across that, like, I'm going to be have to be lighthearted now because you just said I was a content person. And I don't think anybody who's ever met me would be like, that's a content dude. I am not, um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not restless, but I'm not at peace all the time. I am hyper motivated, um, and hyper aware. And those, those things run a little bit antithetical to being at peace. Um, maybe one day when I'm a bit of an older dog, I'll rest better, but I don't rest very well. Um, so yeah, yeah, but I, I think you're right. I do think it's different for every person. I think it's an excellent point. Um, so Jana, if you're hearing this, I hope my answers didn't jack you up. <laughs> Gosh, golly, and that's not contentment. All right, guys, we got about seven minutes to go. Hey, Brad, this is Big hey How you doing? I am well. Making? How are you? Good. I, you know, you are so confident. I hear it in your voice. What part of your ministerial uh, career you think helped? to shape who you are today, Brad? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think in, in, I mean, let's be super candid about what, you know, if we, if we step way back on what ministry is, ministry is sales and, and what we do more often than not, when we lean into ministry is that we take something invisible and largely immovable. Like it's not flexible. It's not going to bend. It's not going to ebb and flow. We, especially if you're a Christian, you are an exclusivist. You say, this is it. And this is it. And then you got to market that and package that in a way that sounds appealing to someone who's not buying it. And so I think sometimes we, um, we carry over. One of the reasons ministers stay in ministry so long is because we get really comfortable with that thing we've been selling. And one of the reasons ministers do well when they leave is because we figured out, oh man, we've been in sales our entire career. 
And so I, I think that's one that's probably not like glamorous. Like it's not cool to be like ministry is sales, but it is. Um, obviously, I think there's a lot more to it, but it's definitely sales. I also think um, I walk into a room and I, man, I just give a crap about the people in it. I really do. Like, I really do genuinely just care about who's in the room. Um, I want to get to know you. I want to know your story. Um, I really, I, I really do. I really just like people. And I think that was probably built up in ministry. I really do. Thank you for the question. We've got about, yes, ma'am, of course. We've got about five minutes left. If anybody's got anything else they want to jump in and say. Hi, Brad. It's Tracy in the red background. Good morning. Hi, Tracy. Good morning. Good morning, Brad. I just want to say that I love the sound of your voice. I mean, (laughs) it is, it is so calming and soothing and so reassuring. I think, I think your voice is just lovely. Uh, it's very nice of you. Absolutely. And I love your authenticity. I just wanted to say, just keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, I also love what you said about it's okay to change careers. You know, you said you changed your career three times. That's okay. Just because you start out doing one thing doesn't mean you have to stick with that. Mm. You know, I went to to school and, and got a degree in computer science. But now I'm in the money business. I love teaching people about money. So it is okay to change careers. Thank you, Brad. You're amazing. Back to you. Uh, thank you, Tracy. I appreciate that. You you have a degree in something I don't understand and a career in something I don't understand. So that's cool. We have nothing in common. Um, I appreciate the, the compliment. That's very nice. Um, <laughs> thank you. But I... Uh, I'd have a, I have a degree in philosophy and a degree in religion and I'm in marketing. So I'm right there with you. Um, right there with you. All right, guys, we got about three minutes left before my friend hey, Jesse comes in to you, brother. Good hey buddy. Hey, listen, I'm with Tracy, bro. You, you, you know how I feel about your boy, your voice, man. Uh, and your pace, brother. Um, it, it's that calm that we need on a Saturday morning. Um, but the philosophy degree, and, uh, and that other degree actually explains a lot about who you are. We just appreciate, man, your affirmations, um, along with your challenges, right? To think differently, but to be okay with you, right? I mean, we're, we're individuals, and I think the fact that we should respect individuality um, is amplified every time you actually hit this, uh, hit this stage and open your mic. So we appreciate everything you bring, man. And that conversation we had this week on Leadership on Demand, man, I just honor you and appreciate you so much, Tim. Yeah, guys, that's that's my man, TM Hyman. If you're unfamiliar, uh, be on the lookout for Leadership on Demand. That's TM's show that he's going to be launching soon. And I am I am honored and very fortunate to have been his guest this week. And uh, it's going to be great. TM's a smart, a smart, smart man who can articulate some complex things very clearly and some traditional things in a nuanced way. I think TM is someone you should um, be leaning into to listen to. So give him a follow here on the app. And then, of course, um, find him uh, when when Leadership on Demand uh, launches, because it's going to be it's going to be good. I'm excited about it, man. I mean, maybe not like my episode, but the other ones. I'm really excited. (laughs) I'm really excited to hear the other one. All right, my guys. Hey, hey, Brad, this is Patty. Uh, 
Hi, Patty. Thank you. I know we have like one minute left, but uh, clearly you're the voice of reason here in Breakfast with Champions today. But who is your voice of reason? If And thank you again. God bless. Man, everybody who's been in uh, Breakfast with Champions for as long as I have or longer, did y'all just hear somebody call me the voice of reason in Breakfast with Champions? <laughs> yeah, you're so funny. That's, that's about the funniest. Oh, Patty. Um, it's true. <laughs> the, the voice of reason. Um, who Who is the voice of reason in my life? I think in a very practical, practical way, um, it's my mom and my dad. Um, they are as smart as I have ever been and have, um, intentionally worked very hard to level my sister and I up. And so that meant instead of leaning into their gifts and their acumens, they did hard work for a very long time. And um, my dad essentially has had two careers, um, was a mechanic, got hurt and went into part sales and then became an expert at it. Um, everything I know about sales, I learned from my dad. My mom, um, is probably one of the smarter people I know. And I, I think I know a lot of people, um, but she did hard work and made smart decisions when hard times came. Um, when her company dropped her division and moved it to Tampa, Florida, we're from Durham, North Carolina. Um, she said no. And so her company was being bought out. So the little telecom company that bought it out is a company called Verizon, not Verizon wireless that didn't exist yet. So my mom took the options. And if you can imagine what stocks were like for Verizon in 93, um, my parents are now happily retired. Um, I don't know that they ever got to lean into their excellence or their brilliance, but damned if they didn't make it possible for their kids to. Um, so my mom and my dad are the answers to that question. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.